Welcome to the Mosaic of Marion, a weekly podcast hosted by Dr. Henry M. Meadows, Jr. and presented by Marion Baptist Church in Chatham, Virginia. It is our sincere hope that you'll join us each week as we explore what it means to be part of God's big picture through biblical discussions about the saving power of Jesus Christ and what it means for our lives each and every day, starting today. What up out there, podcast land? What's happening, y'all? You don't hear that familiar? Hey. Hey, Miss Mona is on vacation today. So in her stead, we have dun 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 my son, the youth pastor, the one, the only, the next redheaded <laughs> pastor of a church. <laughs> I did the room meadows. Going in a dollar and a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was the same. What's up, Drewby Dooby Doo? Redheaded stepchild. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, I'm about to reveal some family secrets <laughs> on here already. <laughs> What's up? How y'all doing? Glad to be here for, you know, once every six months. So I'm expecting to be back here in August. And there, calendars. <laughs> and then over there, on the other hand, we do have my other guy here. We got Jelly Bean. Yep, 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 yep. Here what's, I am. What's happening, y'all? Eh, not much. So it's a good day. I beat Drew in golf today. <laughs> so I thought, I thought that, I'll, rehashing what we did today. I thought you had I lost in golf look today. <laughs> so, yeah, I took it to him. And, um, trounced him I think is a proper adjective of what occurred same dude on the whole 12 looked at me and was like man my legs are giving <laughs> and yet, looks thoroughly trounced oh, today oh, oh, whole 12 he literally he said we gotta wrap this up I'm getting out <laughs> <laughs> he said I need a nap hey you'll understand yeah, that's you'll right understand. man that's right that's right so hey um, if you're with us today turn to Ezekiel chapter 33 Ezekiel chapter 33. Believe it or not, didn't have a bookmark. <laughs> Need me to help you find it there, Drew? <laughs> nope. We're not live. <laughs> yeah, oh. I, ju- I just realized that. <laughs> he's over here pointing to it in his Bible. He's like, there's a camera somewhere hidden in this office that's taping us. <laughs> Sorry, Goose of Grace, rem- reminiscent. We're, yeah. <laughs> By the way, if you don't know, these two guys are the, the Goose of Grace guys until it died. <laughs> the goose was cooked. <laughs> uh, goose didn't show no more grace. <laughs> oh, it showed grace, and then oh. it, get, it became goose gravy. By the way, I just want to point out something very important in this episode. We probably should have uh, renamed it the uh, John of Grace, because <laughs> that's all we talked about was John. Genesis or John. Hank, Hank did not let us know what we were going to be covering. I just want to I just want to point that out. That's why Drew and I are looking very panicked at the moment. <laughs> you said 33. I keep, I said 33. Oh, well. I'm done. <laughs> then why am I at 23? What is going on? <laughs> so one of you heard 23 and one of you heard 35. At least he was at so 25. Okay. At least he was at. <laughs> what? It's 33. Oh, good grief. This is getting off to a great start. Well, I apologize, Mona. This is just. <laughs> You can just go ahead and cancel me back in six months. We're good. I ain't We're never going to be back on this show. Mona's just going to cut. Mona would bring the heat at yep. you, buddy. She's going she gonna, she gonna to cut me. This is why I insist on recording, because then they can't get rid of me. <laughs> there you go. And here, oh. here's the thought of the day. I, it's, it's sort of my heart. Um, we're going to look at the principle of it. And then we're going to go to the New Testament and, and find some places there. It's this thought. We in the the Christian church stink at sharing our faith. We act as if that's a newfound thing in the New Testament, and it's something that Jesus instilled into us that we're to do. 
No, that's pretty much has been the entirety of history. Mm. And um but it's really laid out here in Ezekiel chapter thirty three. And um I'm gonna read and then um Jelly Bean, I want you to pray. Gotcha. We're gonna start at I, I'm gonna read starting at verse one. We're gonna read down through verse nine. We're gonna really deal with seven through nine. It's really a principle there about what we're to do. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, speak to your people and say to them, if I bring the sword upon a land and the people of land take a man from among them, make him their watchman. And if he sees a sword coming upon the land and blows the trumpet and warns the people, then if anyone who hears the sound of the trumpet does not take warning and the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and he did not take the warning. His blood shall be upon himself. But if he had taken warning, he would have saved his life. But if the watchman sees a sword coming and does not blow the trumpet so that the people are not warned and the sword comes and takes any one of them, that person is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at the watchman's hand. Here it is. So you, son of man, I have made a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. If I say to the wicked, O wicked one, you shall surely die, and you did not speak to warn the wicked to turn from his way, that wicked person shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the wicked to turn from his way, and he does not turn from his way, that person shall die in his iniquity, but you shall, but you will have delivered your soul. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you again for the opportunity to share your word and to spend time in your word together. And Heavenly Father, we just pray that that we would not be lazy or take your your long suffering, Heavenly Father, as um, as inactiveness or forever suffering. Heavenly Father, we know that time is short, and we just pray that that immediacy be felt when it comes to sharing the gospel. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Amen. 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 By the way, let the record show: I read and did not laugh. Very good. So Mona's the problem is what we're saying. I didn't want to say that. I'm glad you said it, so she'll be mad at you. Anyway, so here's my thought. I have two I have two big questions as we jump in. Number one, do you would you how would you answer what Cain said, Am I my brother's keeper? Well, everybody's looking at me. Okay. So I would say yes, absolutely. Um for a couple of reasons, one of them. If just, you would have said no, we were going to stop and restart. <laughs> for, for a couple of reasons, um, one is just the fact that you know the Christian life is one of servitude, and and we we look at the ultimate example of Jesus, who you know if anyone deserved to be crowned king here on earth, it was him, but yet he chose to be a servant, and so in out of that same heart, that same spirit. We serve others, and, and the way we do that is to care for them, to share the gospel with them, to want them, and, and really hurt over whether or not they're saved or not. And I think that that may be something we hit on later, but I think that's one of the problems is we really – when's the last time we we wept over someone's lack of salvation? Yeah. What, what's your – any thought? Any thought? Yes. <laughs> Tell answer that question. Are you a man of few words today? Yes. Are you trying to make a point? Nope. Yes. <laughs> okay. That's the answer. Right, That's go. sort of awkward there. <laughs> Was looking for a reason you would say yes. Okay. So, you know, everything I've learned through internship, seminary, and um, just being a youth pastor, um, the Bible calls us to have a servant's heart through everything. You know, even when we're not 
on duty when we're not, you know, mm-hmm. you know, when we're not in the church, when we're out in the world, we're still called to have a servant's heart. And so to say you're not your brother's keeper, but have a servant's heart, this is like a double negative, cancel each other out. Did I say that right? Double negative? But you're not supposed to have a double negative. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, it, it cancels each other out because how can, how can you have a servant's heart and not be your brother's keeper? You know, because a servant's heart, you're called to put the other person. Who is it you're serving? Yeah. yeah. You're called to put the other, other first. Well, and, so many of us serve ourselves and no yeah. one else. Yeah. And and to be your brother's keeper, you you have to put him first always. Right. Um, and then you, you hit on something um, and, and Drew, you backed it up. So if if... Do you think that we just don't think there's really heaven and hell anymore? I think I'm literally reading a, a book on Jonathan Edwards sermons on heaven and hell. And if he thought there was a dearth of belief in heaven or hell, Drew doesn't know what that word means. I can tell by his look. <laughs> I, I, I thought dearth was like halfway between heaven and Hell, that he was just kind of making up this place. I'm like, you could just say Earth. <laughs> you were saying, <laughs> I was saying, if he thought it then that there was this lack of belief, that's what dearth means—a lack of belief in heaven and hell. How much more would he say so now? Yeah. And I also think those who who do believe think the standards are easier. Um, than they actually are. You read my mind. Is, is well, we, we use the example of sweet grandma. You know, well, I don't think she ever really did anything bad in her life. She's so sweet. Doesn't matter if she doesn't have Jesus. Yeah. You know, and so we try to say, well, but they were good. They didn't kill anybody. I, I've heard this word for word from somebody before. Well, I haven't killed anybody. I'm a pretty nice guy. So what? Well, and, and you're you still are, a sinner. And you know. One that goes along with that, you also get that. Well, me and God have a have a compromise. Yeah, yeah, you we know, we that, got that's, a deal. That, that's saying yeah. that that God lowered His standards for you. But it is, I think it's a combination both of, you know, this idea of, well, you know, and, and we've talked about this as well. God is love, so He wouldn't send anybody to hell. But what they don't understand is God doesn't send anybody to hell. All right, I'm going to quote Mona. God can never act outside of His yep. character. Yep. And we have we we have lost in the church. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about the lost out there. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about in the church, we've lost the thought of and the knowledge of, more so than the thought of, the knowledge of God as a God of justice. Mm-hmm. He at times is a wrathful God. I was about say, to say we, with we focus, it, come, go ahead. This on the New Testament aspect of God where he shows more love than, you know, like, like you know, fire and brimstone as he has done the Old Testament. Because we, every time we see the Israel Israelites in the Old Testament act out, they get taken over, you know. Yeah. Some 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 group that they that the Israelites think, well, God will protect us from them, and they're but they have sin in the life that's unaccounted for. God allows that that group to come against them and, and always win. I mean, look at Habakkuk. Habakkuk sees him coming. Is like, God, what are you going to do? And God's like, I'm not doing anything. This is you're getting what you deserve. Yeah, we've lost that though. Well, and and to, along with that, and to go back to what you said about it, you know, he never acts outside of his character. That that wrath, that justice comes from a place of love, just like that love comes from a place of justice because he he's all of these things all the time and can't be more or less of any part of himself. But what, uh, what's come along with this idea of, well, well God is love. God is, to be honest, a loss of the fear of God. Mm-hmm. We don't fear God because we've tried to remake him in our image and we're not afraid of ourselves. So we, we've lessened our fear of God and with that comes 
this idea of, well, I don't like this, this, and this, so we'll remove that. And, and nine times out of ten, hell's going to be on that list of oh, things yeah. we try to remove. And so it, it really gets back to the idea of God's Word not being an authority in the lives of people because the Bible makes it very clear that hell is a place. And it is the, the payment for, for sin without the blood of Jesus Christ covered. It's a place of torment, too, yeah. where, I mean, you, I, there's one quote, and I wish I could go find this guy just describes it. He said, where you're just um, torn apart, yet never fully torn apart. Right. You're just— uh, There's no end point. It just Yeah, it's a continual, yeah. and, and we miss that. And so as he's talking here about this watchman, and a watchman would be the guy who would stand on a wall to look mm-hmm. out to see the enemy coming. Well, here's the truth. We have an enemy that is walking about seeking whom he may devour, mm-hmm. according to James chapter 5. Right. You know, where that he's out there, that he's seeking to devour, devour us and, and to take us down and to, to create in us a, a, a deathly want, want and way when God is desirous to get, you know, thief comes, steal, kill, and destroy. I've come to, to have life and have it more abundantly. So although, and then some out there, some little goody two-shoes <laughs> would say, well, Pastor, you know, that's written to the people of Israel. Well, I mean, <clears throat> okay, you person, but the principle is still there. That's so sassy. <laughs> but, um, and, 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 We're uh, told to go and tell. Yeah, no, but I'm going to yeah. say this, this aligns perfectly with Matthew 28. You know, yeah. Jesus saying, go make disciples mm-hmm. of the nation. I mean, basically the same thing. Hey, go tell everybody about me. This is what that's saying. Hey, look, if, if, if you have the, the position, if you're in the position to, to share my name and you don't do it, it's on your head. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it's basically the same thing. Yeah, just, because just he says different. in here, he says it. He says, if you get a word from the Lord and you don't tell it, mm-hmm then that blood is on you. Well, and so many people would be like, well, I don't like the burden of it. It's not a burden. It's an opportunity. You've you've talked time and time again about the absolute joy that comes from sharing the gospel Absolutely. with others and seeing their lives and eternities changed. And yep. it, but we we the church wants to treat it like a burden time and time again. It's not. So this weekend we had um we had a, a impact weekend here. And, um, man, so Saturday night I had the opportunity. Um, I did most of the teaching this weekend. I gave Drew the weekend off as far as the teaching aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the last session, you know, we present the gospel. Mm-hmm. Man, we had four young adults yep. give their life. Five, Drew says. We had five, but one, you know, didn't make the public profession. That thumb is going crazy over there. I don't, I don't know. I, what it, I put her in the thumb. Yeah. Gang symbols. What's going so, on? I mean— it, what, I mean, what a joy that yeah. it was my privilege to share that and 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 do that. So if the principle in Ezekiel is if you get a word and you don't share it, it's on you. Mm-hmm. Now, you're not going to lose your salvation right. for not sharing your faith, but you're going to lose rewards because I believe the principle has got to apply. Yeah. That if you got a word, okay, we have a word. It's called the Bible. Mm-hmm. And it tells us that God's a God of wrath that hell is real mm-hmm. and that eternity is is sure right. one place or the other right right and that you will not stand in front of God at the great white throne and be let off the hook mm-hmm. and so if we have this word and we have all that knowledge how in the world could we let the ones and here here's something I can't stand to hear well you know your family are the hardest to witness to well let me ask you this so you'd rather um a family member go to hell 
and yet you'll go to Canada and share mm-hmm. your faith with a Canadian that you never met and will never meet this side of eternity again. But yet you you you're good with your your cousin going to hell because you don't want to be uncomfortable. Yeah, you don't want to be uncomfortable, and then you get the whole well they know, they know who I am. Well, they ought to know that you're changed. I was about to say, well, they all know is who you were and who you are yeah. now because you're living in Christ. Absolutely. So there, there there's a yeah. disconnect somewhere yeah. there. Do, do you think that most people forget that God is a God of, you know, wrath, just, you know, all the all these mm. things? Because a bunch of people think it's Genesis and then New Testament. You know, so like, you know, a little bit of Psalms here, but... They typically skip, you know, the minor prophets. They skip. I think they don't want to know that he's yeah, a god of and, wrath. I mean, because because so often what you they want him to be is, a god of love. Yeah, is, is when I'm talking to people and they're talking about the quiet time. They're like, yeah, I'm always in the, like they're either always mm-hmm. in the book of Genesis, Psalms, or they're always in the New Testament. You know, I don't hear anybody saying, man, in my quiet time, I am in Leviticus. What's that and idea? Wow. We've talked about time and time again. Yeah. That buffet. Yeah, I'm going to pick and choose the parts that make oh, me yeah, feel I'm good and throw out the things that I, I want to keep. Bro, let me yeah. tell you, I'm in the book of Second Kings right now, <laughs> and and you won't. Oh, you, you best get some paper out to figure out all them kings. Well, but and, and I want to go back to something we've hit on before. Just knowing you, your starting point is the Bible. Yeah. Okay. The problem is that for so many of us, our starting point is us, and then we'll fit the Bible in where we can. And so the reason we end up with this buffet is because we said, well, I'm not going to submit. And that's really what you're doing. You're refusing to submit to God's word. And so you'll say, well, I'll take the parts I want, but not the parts that 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 make me look at the parts of me. You think I think it's because don't they don't want to be held accountable for that. Absolutely, Once they don't want to be this watchman. You're the watchman. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And it's, it's all about from from your perspective. I mean, it's all about centering. You mm-hmm. know, when when you go to a fancy restaurant, the centering is you. You you are the one, the focus of everything. Yeah, yeah. But when you go to a buffet like Golden Corral, the uh, the centering. I'm is familiar. The food. Yeah, the centering is the food. That's what like that's their pull is right, the food. Right. Not you know that we have dim lights, a piano playing in the background. <laughs> you're gonna enjoy the experience. No, you're there to eat. Right, because you're hungry. Right. You know, but it's the same thing. Is the centering is, is they centered the Bible around themselves. They're the main character. Yeah, yeah, themselves around the Bible. Yeah. And do you think it's because we refuse to think about death? Death is a sobering thought. Now, you know, I'm going back to what I'm reading, and it's so right there with me. I mean, an average parent, we're going to lose half the kids in in the colonial era, Mm -hmm. Puritan era. Mm -hmm. So death, I mean, the average age was like, if you lived to be 40, man, you were an old man. Yeah. You know, basically, that death was was it in in your in the front of your mind well can i make this statement i mean death is now we i mean yeah it's like every week somebody we yeah. we get a phone call i mean you know me and drew we get a phone call or well and, and then you got you know everything going on <clears throat> across the pond you know across the ocean over there yeah. we, we, we was always killing so it's, it's coming more to the forefront of everything well and as as much as I, I I hate that as well, as much as I, I feel for people experiencing war right now, um, at the same time, that's when you tend to see the these revivals, these resurgences, because we do. I mean, you know, average lifespan for an American's usually around seventy. Modern is around seventy years or so. We we tend to think that's a lot longer than it is. Yeah. 
And so we say, well, and, and again, I, I feel like I'm just rehashing things we've, we've either talked about personally or even on here. We, you have those people who are like, well, when I'm when I'm about 60, I'll start really, yeah. you know, paying attention to God's word and I'll get saved then and then we're good. That's all just absolutely a lie. You never know what you're going to have. You never know if you've got the next 10 seconds. Yeah. You don't. Well, These and, events really bring it to the forefront, and that's when you see people begin to turn to God's Word because they're reminded that it's a flash in the pan as far as your life. I mean, we see this throughout history. When, when there's a time of peace, people become thinking they're they're bigger and better yeah. than what they are. Yeah. And, and I mean, and you know, we here in the U.S. we've been we've been blessed. Blessed, yeah. Oh, I would say gracious, but that's not the right word. Blessed with with like peace blessed. for for you know for so long of where you know there's yeah. no fighting happening. You know when I open the door, there's no you know I don't hear gunshots. Yeah, you know, yeah, if I do, it's yeah. someone killing a deer. Yeah. But you know, but there's peace, and so people have this thought process of of hey, you know. I'm immortal right now. You know, I'm yeah. supposed to live to a certain time, which is way in the future. Oh, yeah. It's never you know? a short amount of time. Yeah. And, and so because I, I mean, that was a huge thing with me was was when I was in 2017, when I was in that wreck, it was a huge wake up call. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, I, I didn't actively think, hey, look, you know, I'm not going to die for another 80 years. But, but I, did, I did think just, I, I did yeah. think I, I had that thought process of I have more time. Yeah. And, you know, when I'm sitting in the ambulance with the dude and he said, hey, you're just lucky to be alive. Yeah. You know, at that point, I was like, OK, like. Yeah, it could all end. Tomorrow. Right, right. So, all right. So where? So what time? Is time we got left? We got nine minutes. Okay. So we 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 we've we've tr- we've transitioned from the Watchmen to, and this is where I knew it would go to the recipient. But let's go back to the Watchmen. Yeah. Where does it fall to us as believers to be actively sharing our faith? And that's where we really struggle. Mm-hmm. Some people don't know about it because they've never heard it. Right. They've never, we've never wept over them. And by the way, Mark chapter two, when Jesus saw their faith, the friend's faith of the guy that they, the paralytic that they brought, mm-hmm. the Bible literally says when he saw their faith, their faith. not right. the paralytic's faith. Mm-hmm. Now I'm sure the paralytic had faith, right. but their faith moved him mm-hmm. to do what they were praying in their hearts to get him to Jesus. Now, so where is it for us? Let's talk about us being watching. What is the calling on, on a believer, on not a pastor, not a deacon, not the guy with the spiritual gift of evangelist, but where does it fall for us to be that watchman? Well, and and so I'll, I'll go back to Matthew 28, the Great Commission, you know. So often we think it was just him and the disciples, but there was 500 people there that witnessed Jesus' ascension. And so— You sure about that number? No. <laughs> I just want to say like I was to about two boy, seconds boy, ago. He was, I he was. was sure about that number I until was. he said it. I was. I was sure about it. Am I wrong? I, th- I, don't, I don't know that we actually know who was with him. It was more than the 12. Yeah. It, okay. Sorry. That's why <laughs> you don't than, do a podcast with your dad. It, it, was, it was more than 12 disciples. <laughs> it was and, and it, it much was follow- more. Yeah. yeah it, was it was followers. It was followers. Yeah. Not just There the could disciples. have been more. It might have been yeah. less. And, and so to say... That well, you know, that was just for the disciples is completely incorrect right. because he didn't. He didn't. It doesn't say. And Jesus looked directly to the disciples. Yeah. It said it said Jesus he didn't look came to Peter. It's yeah. Pete. Yeah. He said he. It says and Jesus came and said to them, which means everyone there. You yeah. know, you know, go and make disciples. So that means if you're a follower of Jesus, you fall into that bracket. Yeah, and don't get the idea that it's to go from here to there. The word go. It the word means as you are going. Mm. It means your day. I've said it before. I love that picture. Your mission field might be the very marketplace that you work. 
So it's as you're going in your daily routine of life, find opportunities. I mean, and it can be as simple as, you know, I really got under conviction when I got back from Brazil that I will hand a Gospel of John abroad to anybody and everybody and, and never think twice. And then I really got a conviction on the way back this year of, dude, you're that hypocrite you talk about. You'll do it there, but yeah. you don't really give out many here. Right. Many. And I have disciplined myself right. to be like here. Yeah. Uh, hey, this is for you. I mean, you. All them people at Food Line, almost 80% have God in the Gospel of John. They check me out. They're giving me my receipt. I'm going, and this is for you. Yep. I go in to pay for gas at the gas station. Here's your receipt, and this is for you. Now, I had one person yesterday look at it like like I'd given them a, a glob of goo or something, man. <laughs> I mean, this look of like, of like, what, what is this? And I went... That's the gospel of John. The words of life are in it. And then I just turned around and walked off. You don't have to make a big deal about it. You're in a restaurant. I put my tip in in the gospel of John. It's just a simple way. And and then then you go, that's one part. Mm -hmm. But never get to the point you don't ever share your faith with your mouth. And and never once when, you know, it's like five sentences Jesus says before his ascension in the Great Commission. It might be four. I don't know. You sure about that number? I say, don't call me out of that number, too. But at no point does he put an infinite, like a, a, a finite number on hell. You know, go and make 12 disciples yeah. and you're done. You, says, you take your box and you're yeah, good. Yeah. Go therefore and make, which means it's a continual process, which means it's never ending, which means as soon as you, you know, accept Jesus, mm-hmm. your job starts and it ends when you meet Jesus. Right. You know, right. there's no like, go until you're 50 and then you can pause. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. There's, yeah. No, there's retirement. no retirement, right? Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, and, and the other part of it is, is you know, you asked where where it falls on, you know, essentially anyone who who's not a pastor, and I would say the same as it should fall on a pastor. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, one of the things that I've come to understand, and it's it's hard because it sounds harsh, but it's it's only harsh because it makes us it convicts us of, of what we do or don't do, and it's the the fact that if you're not willing to share the gospel, you're actively telling that person you don't care if they're in hell. You just and they go to hell, yeah, yeah. And then I said, well, wait a minute. Now what about that? Again, I have the same reasons. It's not comfortable. It can make people, you know, say things that you don't want to hear. Yeah. More than more often than not, we feel ill-equipped to do so because we're not biblically literate. We're terrified they're going to ask yeah. questions. And that's why I think so many people are comfortable going off on mission trips and they don't see it as a continuation of a mission that is, is carried out yeah. everywhere they go is because they can go there, be part of a program be done with it, come back here and never see those people again. Yeah. They're terrified that that they may have to build a relationship or that, you know, because then things aren't easy and clean and yeah. quick, you know. And so it falls it falls the same regardless of what your calling is. And, and, and the funny thing is, is, you know, so often we say, well, it's not the pastor's job to do that. We, mm-hmm. we need to share the gospel too. But so many people actually believe it is just the pastor's oh, job. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, yeah. Um, this was back, I went to a camp over a summer when I was, I had just answered the call. I went to this camp. And we're, uh, one of my friends was sharing the gospel, and the person was ready for salvation. Mm-hmm. And so they came to me and was like, all right, Drew, take it away. I'm like, why Why are you passing the torch? And they're like, well, 
you're going to be a pastor. It's your job. I was like, technically, <laughs> I said, I said, Matthew 28 does not say for pastors. Right. I said, it's for everybody. I said, so you, you go ahead and finish that. <laughs> yeah. yeah like, you, you buttered the bread. Go on and finish, <laughs> I mean, man. Put the jelly on top, man. Everything but pray. And they're like, all right, you got it. I'm I made like, this sandwich. Would you like to eat it? Yeah. <laughs> like, man, it I really strange. wanted it and I, I did everything to it, but I want you to eat it now. Are but you like, nuts? I was like, but like, it was right at that line, right? Yeah. I mean, all they had to do was pray. And so they turned oh, around so, and just, I, I, I yeah. knew at that point, what they were doing yeah. but they had they were ta- they were raised and taught to believe that though, that yeah. it was just a pastor's job and I'm like no nowhere in the Bible does it say and that ju- and just a couple weeks ago we were talking about the fact that we can all approach the throne yeah and, and that's such a key element to to just what is is so unique and powerful about the 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 relationship with Jesus Christ is that we know we can approach him um, approach God through his his blood and so it it is like that does away with that whole thing of like, well, I'm just uh, anything. It doesn't matter. You're called. You're part of the family of God. And, and I'll liken it to this: if you knew somebody was going to have a car crash if they got in that car, would you just walk by and, and let them get in the car? Yeah. I mean, you know, this is and this is eternity. This you would is do just, everything you yeah. could. I I don't know. It, it's. There's a disconnect, yeah. and it's and I believe it's from the pulpit a lot mm-hmm. of it. Just being honest, that we don't stress it, mm-hmm. it you know. And, and, and one like this is my last comment. We're running out of time. Um, and, and you know something you said a while a while back. Um, I think we're actually in the old sanctuary when you said it. Um, it, it's just stuck with me ever since. Is how much do you have to hate a person mm-hmm. to let them go to hell? That you you should never hate them that much. Yeah, and and you know because you know most people don't think about it. They're like, they're like, well, I'm just somebody else will. But oh yeah, but you yeah, don't know if one, someone yeah. else actually will. Someone might not get a chance to. You don't know. You know. Or we go around assuming everybody's already heard the gospel. Yeah. yeah. You know? Oh, that's another. Yeah. They, they've heard it. They they, they, they or how, or they, they they already go to church. Mm-hmm. They're, they're good. How much? How much do you hate those people or how much do you pride yourself in not taking a small amount of embarrassment just to make sure someone is going yeah. to heaven? You know, I mean, it's, it's one of the two. You either love yourself so much you don't want to embarrass yourself for two seconds just right. to make sure someone is going to heaven or you just hate them so much that you don't care. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's the only two r- real reactions that we have. Right. Well, Proverbs is where we'll close. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 20. Verse 30, excuse me, says, whoever wins souls is wise. Mm. So my prayer is that you'll become wise in the Lord. Um, I, the reason I tell y'all what we're doing, because I had an idea, and I knew y'all could talk about it. We could all three sit and talk about it for, for a while. Um, I want to encourage you, as Paul did to a pastor, mm. Paul did to Timothy, do the work of the evangelist there in Second Timothy chapter four. Do that work. I promise you, I've never ever had somebody who won somebody to Jesus to come back to me years later and go, I wish to goodness I'd have never led that person yeah, to the Lord. Yeah. They're driving me crazy. I've yeah. never had that happen. But I have had them say this, thank the Lord I led that mm-hmm. I shared my faith to that person. If someone says that though, man, I what I would say be like, I just look at him and be like, what? And I would probably cock my head and be like, all right, and and walk back. I was probably looking at him and be like, let's reevaluate your statement here. But uh, my this is my big thought. Uh, Drew Drew always worries because he says I have a soliloquy. Um, But no, somebody says we got one minute left. Talks for three minutes. No, just think, just think back. Somebody, I guarantee you, told you about the gospel. Yep. And where would your life be if you had never heard it? 
Exactly. Matthew 28, go therefore and make disciples. And mine is this. And, and, and listen, for all the faults and flaws of the Southern Baptist Convention and denomination, whatever, I do think we've hit it with this who's your one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's a campaign in Southern Baptist Convention. I do think we've hit a home run with this. And so here's, I push it here. Here's my ask, my ask to you. I'm going to put it that way. Who's your one? Drew, close in prayer. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for uh, allowing your gift to be free, Lord, because um, Lord knows we didn't deserve it. Um, be with us and, and let us take take this to heart and, and be watchmen for our brothers and our brother's keeper and, and, and be making disciples everywhere we go, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. My name is Hank Meadows. I'm pastor of Mary Baptist Church. The man who just stood up like leaving is <laughs> Drew. Drew. <laughs> out. Yeah. Drew's finished. And over there, Jelly Bean. <laughs> yep, yep. All right, guys. See you guys later. Bye.